Hi, and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh the Hammer Bashinsky, and I'm still kind of fuzzy. It might have to do with my camera, or maybe it has to do with how much you guys are drinking out there. Who knows? <laughs> it, could, it could have to do any, with anything. And today I am blessed. I have a lot of guests with us today. I have our resident uh, Black Hat co-host, Clint Bam Bam Butler. <laughs> Say, say hi, Clint. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Someone save us all. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, you, like, you like Clint the Crusher Butler better? <laughs> the Crusher. I don't know. That'd be Holly. Holly would take that as a challenge. It can destroy one of my sites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better be careful what we say. I mean, all of our niches are going to be filled with, with Holly spam. Speaking <laughs> of which, I have the mega black hat Holly with us. Hi, say hi, Holly. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm here. <laughs> she's here. She's still feeling a little under the weather, and so we'll, if she starts mumbling, it's because I, I told her if she has a stream of consciousness kind of hallucination to go with it because it'll be amusing, and who knows what secrets will come out of her mouth. So, <laughs> so we hope you're feeling better, Holly, and we, we thank you for being here. Yep. And our special guest today, in, on another resident gray hat SEO, I guess he likes to be called, is our good friend and creator of the core SEO correlation software, Ted Kabaitis. Say hi, Ted. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. And uh, Ted is going to be giving us a presentation on uh, Core later on today. I believe there's some new, new new features he might be able to show us. I'm not sure. And also, he's going to show us the results of the Core software, which has a lot of uh, correlation uh, results. Uh, and he's going to be showing us some secrets from that that we can glean, which is really, really interesting. So thanks, Ted, for being with us. And we'll get to that in a second. But as per usual, we normally start to show off with what's new in White Hat SEO and what's new in Black Hat SEO. And I'm going to start off today with, with what's new in White Hat SEO because I'm generally doing more White Hat-ish stuff. And so there was a lot of information that came out this week that's uh, kind of in the realm of White Hat. Uh, and a lot of stuff I can share with you guys. So first off, uh, I'm just going to share my screen here. Uh, Eric Anga, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, he came out with a couple of videos that I want to share with you guys. So actually, I'll just share the URLs. So the first one here, I'm putting it in the chat. First one here, and I also put it in the description. The first one here is him talking about rank brain. First one here, and I also put it in the description. Yeah. Oh, someone's talking. Who has me talking there? Mute me <laughs> on, on the playback, not on this thing. Shut up, Josh. <laughs> who wants, who, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to hear my annoying voice? So the first video I shared with you in the chat there, that is the, uh, that's him talking about uh, uh, Rank Brain, I believe, and what Rank Brain does and what Rank Brain doesn't do. And I've talked a lot about Rank Brain here, and kind of the interesting, the TLDR, the too long didn't read, the summary is, is that, uh, the, the way that RankBrain is doing something they're calling vector analysis. Now, I've gotten into deeper conversations with Eric Enga about what vector analysis actually is. The interesting part is that in that video, and you'll see, Gary Ilyish, who is a, is a Google employee, and Eric Enga is a white hat SEO who really essentially should be a Google employee at this point. He has like a very close connection with Google, and he gets really good secrets for them. So he's just assume he's kind of a Google employee whenever he says something for the most part. But... He was talking about, he, he said, so RankBrain is doing vector analysis, and Eric Eng, uh, sorry, and G Gary Ilyish nodded his head and said, yes, that was a direct 100% confirmation that RankBrain is doing vector analysis. Okay, so if that's the case, what is vector analysis? So I've read about vector analysis, I've read all the articles on vector analysis, 
And the problem is that they're very, very vague when it comes to vector analysis. Like, what vector are they analyzing? In normal English uh, uh, language, a vector is your travel path. Like, if someone says, adjust your vector, they mean travel in a different direction, right? So it's some kind of travel path. It's some kind of, I mean, that's what it means, right? Even, even in military parlance, Clint, well, that's what it means. A vector means, my, right? My background's in physics. So uh, there are two kinds of measurements. There are scalars and vectors. And so scalar is just a magnitude and a vector is a magnitude and a direction. And a good way to think about it is like uh, careers in life are, are vectors. You could be a doctor, which is the magnitude. You could be a, back, a bad doctor, which is a magnitude with a direction. <laughs> and so, you know, Google's probably looking at, at factors with that. You know, there's, they're looking at the direction. It's not the number of the links, but it's the number of the links that are good versus bad and growing in that direction. And right. Now, they talked about you're, – you're thank you, Ted. You're exactly right. Now – they talk about vector analysis. There's all kinds of items they can uh, analyze the vector of, right? You mentioned links, and they can do vector analysis on links, like the link growth, how quickly you get links, where the links are coming from. Are they coming increasingly more from a certain semantic or less? Those are all kinds of analyses that they can do. Those are all kinds of analyses that they've talked about in patents and all kinds of analyses that we've speculated maybe they are doing. But when it comes to rank brain, they talk about vector analysis also when it comes to Hummingbird. Now, if you remember, in June 2013 is when they put out the Hummingbird algorithm, which is their entity-based algorithm, which is supposed to understand entities. Like Josh Bashinsky is an SEO who has a website called The Moral Concept, who provides SEO services. So when you, when you speak into Google, I want, uh, I want Josh Bashinsky's website, they're supposed to be able to figure out in the Hummingbird algorithm what that means, that Josh Bashinsky is an entity that has this website called themoralconcept.net, which is my blog, which is not really that important. You can read it if you want. I put some stuff out on there, but it's not like I go there all the time. But that's just an example. I'm just making an example. So, so but that's the Hummingbird algorithm. So when it comes to RankBrain, we know that RankBrain is the third biggest algorithm they have. Uh, he admits in that video that it looks at all queries. It usually only triggers for long tail queries, so they claim. And, but it, it listens to every single search as part of the core algorithm and has to listen to every single search. And what it does is it will adjust the regular rankings up or down based on a vector analysis. And I think the vector they're analyzing there has to be previous clicks. If someone searched for RB49826 and clicked on this web page, and Google has no idea what RB49286 is, then that's the only vector they can analyze. There's no semantics they can analyze. There's no links they can analyze. The only thing they can analyze is click path and maybe mouse path. That's the only vector they can analyze. And so I asked Eric Eng directly if that was the case. He says he's not sure. Uh, they, they don't tell him that information. In that video, if you watch it, you'll see that he asked Gary Ilyich this. Gary Ilyich is not specific as to exactly what vectors they're analyzing. But he does admit they're doing vector analysis. Well, uh, about a year ago now at uh, SMX West, in uh, California, uh, Paul Har and Gary were both there, and they they talked about Rank Brain a little bit, and they mentioned that Rank Brain has the flexibility to change the coefficients of factors, 
And what that basically means is they're saying in certain situations they're making, you know, certain factors more powerful and other factors less powerful based on the context of the search. Um, so, you know, we know from those uh, uh, conversations, from, from those speeches, that Rank Brain is, at a minimum, it's automatically retuning the algorithm to some effect. Yeah, it's entirely possible that they could see, okay, when people searched for RB426, they always clicked this set of results. And this set of results has links, more links, and so it could be choosing to make links heavier in the algorithm. It could be choosing to make click-through rate heavier in the algorithm. That's true, but I don't see how that, that well, vector analysis tells them what RB426 is when they've never heard of RB426 before. Well, in, in terms of like auto-tuning the algorithm, like one example I see data for a lot is in online retail. And when I search for things like uh, best gift baskets, you know, in, in situations like that, I often see like social signals correlate stronger than in just the term gift baskets all by itself. And so I, I wonder in those cases is, you know, Rank Brain seeing, oh, they're looking for the best ones, so I need to look at the reviews and ratings and social signals more to figure out which things I should be promoting higher. So I'm gonna dial up those factors incrementally for this search where I normally would leave them at the baseline. Um, right, and that's, so that's entirely possible. I don't know, I think that, that uh, uh oh, Eric Lantry's found something about me. I don't know if I should look at this in the in, 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 while I'm on air. All right, I'll bite. I'll bite, Eric. What'd you find? Is it a naked video? Oh, darn! Some kind of men's basketball season. I don't know what that is. That's not me, but I thought it would be a naked picture of me. Oh darn! <laughs> oh darn! When I was young and I needed the money. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's the, the vector analysis could could. There's all kind of data points you could put into the vector analysis. I think it has to be click path when it comes to rank brain. I mean, I have tons of other information and evidence, both empirical evidence and kind of uh, leaks from Google to tell me that's the case. But I just, this video was just released this week and I found it very interesting. Um, there's another uh, video he put out. I just put the, the URL in the chat and in the description if you're listening later on. And that was one that they did on Penguin 4. Thank and that was interesting where Gary Ilyich is directly stating and reconfirming that Penguin 4 does not demote anymore. All it does is discount links. Now that will bubble a site down because your links got discounted, but it's not giving you a penalty per se where there was an extra drop on top of that. The previous versions of Penguin gave an extra drop on top of that. Vector analysis has another possible meaning here. They could be talking about it from a natural language perspective. And when they initially announced Rank Brain, they gave a very specific example to go look at and search, showing it in action, which uh, I think is amazing because Google never does it. To my knowledge, that's the only time they've given a working example of the algorithm in action. And yes, one of the only times, you're right. Their example was, uh, what are the animals called at the top of the food chain? And so when you did that search, 
Google was smart enough to figure out you meant predators. It canonicalized your search to be a search for, you know, what are predators and gave you those results. And that's that's pretty interesting because from natural language point of view, you have to analyze the question, find the clauses in the question, and then figure out a more uh, concise canonical keyword that that answers those conditions from the search. Um, and so I, I think what they're also doing in Rank Brain is they're canonicalizing long tail searches into much shorter, more canonical, more cacheable uh, searches. And that's potentially big dollars for Google. If you can get more of the internet querying from your caches, that ends up being a huge amount of money across the whole of search. Um, yeah, the, my problem with that is I think they're lying because that has more to do with the hummingbird algorithm, which in which they talk about vector analysis with the hummingbird algorithm as well, in doing that exact thing and understanding the natural language of, of words and what they mean. Um, that's not all Rank Brain is. I don't think that's all. That's what Hummingbird is doing. I think Rank Brain sits on top of that to understand the the, nangu, the natural language processing. But guys, the only think about it logically. The only way for them to know for sure that some new word they never heard of before, LB4926, relates to XYZ content is that people eventually click it and consume it. That is the only vector analysis they can analyze that has nothing to do with Hummingbird, and that's what Rank Brain is essentially doing. And I think that's why traffic is important. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Okay. The last video, the last article is one here from um, uh, Barry Schwartz. We were discussing this today, Ted, where uh, John Mueller apparently leaked recently that the algorithms for page 10 are the exact same algorithms for the most part for page one. And so page one, there, there's this myth in the SEO industry that maybe page one had completely different algorithms than page two to, to 10. Uh, but John Mueller is seemingly saying that from number, from number one, spot number one to spot number 100, it's pretty much the same algorithms entirely. Is, is, is what he's saying, more or less. So for the, the people listening, the, the way to put it into terms that you've probably encountered is, if you ever like started to rank a website and then got it pinned at the top of page two but could never get it onto page one, and that seems to be a really common thing. Like People encounter that all the time, and they're like, why can't I break onto page one for this term? I'm at two. Nobody can unseat me at the top of two, but I could never be bottom of page one. And so a lot of people think, the theory is, is that there's one algorithm for page one that's really, really strict and hard, and there's a similar, very similar algorithm for pages two plus that's much less strict. So people frequently get pinned at the top of page two when they go up the rankings. Uh, it's a theory, it's never been proven, uh, used to see it in the data all the time, but less so recently. Um, and Google, you know, John Mueller said that no, it's the same algorithm for the whole thing. But then uh, Clint noticed that they did a very big backpedal. Yeah, uh, they said it's the same algorithm for the whole thing, essentially. Yeah, Essent Which, essentially, like, John Mueller always does that. No, it's not. They're actually different. <laughs> It, it might be a subtle distinction, but I mean, technically, they're not the same thing if 
if he has to qualify it with essential. Yeah, I mean, and we, we can think off the top of our heads a number of algorithms that clearly change page one and, and, and maybe page two, but don't with a page. Like query deserves diversity, the featured snippet, local map listings, personalization, geolocation. I mean, that might just factor in the list with all the other algorithms. Yeah. And it usually only affects page one. And potentially manual curation. Manual curation. Yeah, I mean, maybe click through rate. Page one. Any kind of uh, QDF query deserves freshness. Any kind of viral spiking content. Yep. So I mean, is are we to take John Mueller's statement saying that these just don't affect spot one to ten? They expect they 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 affect spot one to hundred. So you could pull something from spot seventy to spot five all of a sudden. I guess so. We do see that. So it's it's kind of a it's it's a malformed question. It, it's 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 six in one hand, half dozen in the other, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd say after Clint spotted that one word in there, we're back to not knowing because they're similar. They're essentially the same, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, it's like I gave you a present for Valentine's Day, honey. That's essentially the same as your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> It's not. It's a little different. You know, you might get in some trouble there. Okay, so that's what's new in White Hat SEO. Thanks a lot, guys, for that information. Now let's move on to what's new in Black Hat SEO. And Holly uh, did find some stuff that's new in her neck of the woods. Holly, I'll let you take it over, and if you could show us some screenshots, that'd be fantastic. All right, sounds cool. So um, I, you know, I pretty much have focused myself on uh, YouTube for since July finding the holes and we put up about a hundred tests um, in July and we're you know putting up 50 tests still probably every month now trying to what find estimates and YouTube stuff like that. And so this is a pretty major one that I found. So I can't actually tell you what what it is because um, I'm pretty sure though as soon as I would say it they would they would like close the hole up. But um, I'm gonna show you some screenshots. Um, Show my screen. Okay, so are you, can you see my screen? Yes, we sure can. Okay, so as you can see, um, I've left everything out because I didn't want people to know my um, test channel that I was using or like uh, any of the content because that sort of was uh, one of the glitches that we found. But so this video <coughs> um, was a video that I uploaded and within I would see, you know, I had to like mark off where it says one month ago. I had to mark it off, but it's it actually was um, started, and within I would say three to five hours, we hit number one for weight loss, which you know it says three hundred sixty-eight thousand, and as you can see, it's number one. So if you look up weight loss right now, you can see this video is actually the um, oh crap, what did I do? <clears throat> you can see my weight loss journey is actually number one now, and the weight loss motivation is number two. So I took this video down um, because I didn't want YouTube to find it yet until I know that they can they can't like close it up. But uh, this was actually this was um, accomplished in three to five hours, and I had more than just a few people check it. Uh, if you were in the Black Hat White Hat conference, you got links from me just to verify. <coughs> <laughs> what I was seeing. So um, I actually, 
originally I spelled weight loss like this because, uh, you know, like this is how I spelled it. And then I screwed it up and was like, oh, this is how you spell it. So I even changed the title out twice to see if that would change. And it didn't move. It still stayed the same spot. So that was number one. Uh, weight loss reviews got number one. And this got number one in probably about 40 minutes, not even. And uh, you can see those two videos. Uh, supplement reviews. It got number one also. Uh, and these views, I mean, 503,000 views in four years ago. We bumped, we bumped this. I think it took about an hour and a half. And then the final one I'm going to show you is Prove It. Prove It is just like a weight loss supplement that I'm a um, affiliate of. And then we we hit that. And um, <coughs> when we turned off the exploit on it. Um, the the other terms all dropped to like um, the bottom of page one, but this was one that stayed around like number five. So it's not sustainable if I have clients because like, you know, as soon as I turn it off, it's going to drop. So I'd have to have dedicated servers running it. But this is, to me, this was, was pretty cool because we were like number one for these terms for probably around 32 hours, maybe something like that. So we got traffic, we made money on it. Um, and then I shut it off and I removed the video entirely because I didn't want anyone to copy me. <laughs> so that, that's kind of one of the major holes that, that I found um, last weekend. Okay, the, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, it's it's interesting that um, you know this kind of level of uh, black hattery can still be done, you know, on Google or on YouTube, particularly in this particular case. Uh, you know, I guess if anyone wants more information, they're just going to have to email me, I guess, or email you or something. See what we can do. Oh, look who showed up! It's Chase. <laughs> what is up? What is up? It is Chase. Chase, our legacy co-host, is here. Hello, Chase. How you doing? Doing well. We're doing fantastic. We're looking at YouTube Black Hattery. Of course, that Holly Daz. So, Chase, what's new with you? What's new What's new in your neck of the woods? Doing a lot of courses, which is cool. Doing some uh, ranking for a local company. Uh, we're just trying to rank for uh, web design with some, uh, some new tactics around local. Well, not new, but new in terms of what we're trying. We're actually uh, using video to rank the pages in a, by doing uh, basically recording Q&As. So like for instance, if your keyword was you know web design in Santa Barbara and you have another related keyword that's like social media in Santa Barbara, your questions to the person that you're trying to rank the pages for in terms of, uh, it would be us, right? We would say, you know, what do you do for web design? Then we say, for web design, we do this. And then that would be the first part of the video, and that would go into a landing page. You transcribe it, and now you have content for that page and a YouTube video. And your uh, hopefully your conversion rates are going to be higher because now you have video content. So we're just doing a lot of experimenting around that kind of stuff. Sweet. Sounds cool. Okay, so um, uh, before we get to the end of the show, I want to make sure Ted has a chance to show us his presentation he's going to do. So without further ado, Ted, Mr. Kabaitis, please show us your magic Cora software and, and the results you came up with this time. Okay. Um, let me share an application. And before people ask, I will 
put the link to it <laughs> somewhere <laughs> before they ask. Can we have the link? I will put it somewhere. I will put it in the chat. Here's the link to Cora with a special discount. And here's a link in the description to Cora for the special discount. So I've done it before anyone even had to ask me to do it. There, done. <laughs> so please go ahead, Ted. So uh, I make Cora SEO software. It's a measurement tool. It uh, measures over 520 on-page and off-page SEO factors, specifically for your keywords. And it lets you analyze where your SEO tuning is deficient from your competitors for the search term. It's very so, dark where you are. Uh, so I'll very briefly go over what it is, and then I'll get into some interesting alternative ways of using the tool. Because uh, most of your viewers are probably familiar with it. Uh, so I'll get into something new that maybe they can do with the tool. Sweet. Uh, Before you do that, I can't. I see a black screen when you're talking. Does anyone else see his screen when he's talking? No, it's black. Uh oh. Well, this is weird. If I highlight you, it's all black. But when I highlight me and look in the bottom here, we can see your screen. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll reshare one second. All right. No, we'll try it. Reboot it. Reshare. I'll do the entire screen. Jeez, Ted, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even learn to use a software. <laughs> Not see if it works. Talk, talk, Ted. How does it? Uh, how does it look now? Perfect. Now it works. Okay. So the secret was to share the whole screen, not just the app. Hmm, weird. Uh, so uh, when you search on Google or when you use my software, uh, you have to think about the relevant hits that Google finds. So when you search for the word test, it'll find uh, the singular plural form. It'll find the gerund testing. Um, so it considers all these variants uh, the relevant hits for your search term. And I refer to these as matches. So when I talk about matches, I'm talking about the entire set of all the words Google considers relevant hits. And Google does us a big favor by making them bold, so I like to look at them. Um, so if we looked at like Seattle plumber, it finds singular plumber, plumbers, plural, it finds plumbing in Seattle. Um, if we look at Seattle lawyer, it knows that attorneys is uh, a, a synonym for lawyers. So it does singular, plural, it does the word stemming for gerunds, and now we have synonyms. Um, so. There's, there's a lot going on with the relevant hits, and my software goes and collects them from the search results, and we use those for counting matches on a page. Anything Google considers a relevant hit to the search term, uh, we want to know about and measure. So the way the software works, uh, you type in a keyword, and you click the uh, Get Data button, the Play button, and it'll go and measure uh, it'll collect all of the top 100 results. It'll go out to Ahrefs, SEMrush optionally to get your off-page factors. It'll uh, measure in the source code of each result page uh, all the on-page factors. And it puts all this measurement data into a spreadsheet along with charts for the correlations. And it, it will 
tell you about which ones correlate with rank position, which is a way of, of getting a hint about which ones appear to influence your rankings the most. Ted, did you, did you do correlations on purpose, or is that not yes. intended? <laughs> yeah. That was on purpose. <laughs> that, okay. That's I, I, I just want to say as an aside, I love it when Ted's talking about Cora because when he talks about it, 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 it sounds, no offense, Ted, but it sounds really dry and really boring. And I can't believe something so dry and so boring actually ends up with something so incredibly awesome at the end. So just yeah. everyone bear with it. It, it. it turns really awesome at the end. Yeah, yeah. The payday is huge. <laughs> so uh, this digital noise is the measurement data, it's a spreadsheet, and I've zoomed way out to try and fit it on the screen, and it still doesn't fit on the screen. Where you see the yellow dots, those columns of the spreadsheet are the factor uh, measurements for each result in the top 100 results. Each row is a different factor, and that orange bit at the top, those are the factors that really appear to influence your rankings the most. So we are very interested in those orange factors. That's all the information that Cora gives you, which is more than you can look at in one setting. <laughs> so when you start to zoom in, you can see our correlation coefficients. Uh, these are links to each factor's documentation. And these are the correlations across the top 100. And these are the correlations for the uh, average factor measurement by page across the top 10 pages. These are the average measures by page. And then out here, these are all each result, the factor measurements. So if we zoom in more, um, in this particular result set, I was looking at SEO services in Olympia, Washington, and uh, we see Clint's website up here. Sorry, Clint, had to out you. <laughs> um, oh, you outed him for ranking really well. <laughs> yeah, he's number two. Uh, and we have our factors here, so you can see the factor names. We, we could see the page one average, result one. We could see how Clint's measurements compare to number one in the page one average. And I've made the red ones here. Uh, these ones are where his measurements are deficient from uh, other competitors or the page one average. And so we can see exactly which factors he could do better in. We can see exactly how much tuning each factor needs. So if we are costing out SEO work, this would be a way to figure out how much work we're going to have to do and what we should charge for it. Um, and since it's sorted by the correlation coefficients descending, uh, we know which ones to prioritize first because these ones appear to matter the most in terms of ranking. So we get uh, a priority set. We know how much work. We know what the work is. And it's how much that correlates with ranking in that particular niche. Yes, that's the that's the big thing. It's like search metrics in Germany and Moz does these huge correlation uh, reports, and they put out. But they do it across millions and millions of keywords. That it, that ignores the conversation we just had about how each SERP can have different ranking factors and they can analyze different vectors for for different niches. And so so it's it's risky and not as precise to go off of those major correlation studies that Search Metrics does. And in fact, it's better to have Cora or know with someone who does 
and run reports specifically on your niche to see what correlates specifically in your niche. And we're going to go into specific examples of why what you just said is so right. Um, so what you're seeing now is the typical way that uh, my customers use the software to get advantage and to improve their rankings. And uh, But I, I want to go into a different way of using the tool. Before you do, though, Ted, can you go back to that last screen you just had up? I thought I just thought it was really interesting. Here, I'm going to make you give you focus so everyone can see. If you look at down uh, down at the bottom, uh, just follow the result number one. Do you see 67 percentage no follow external links? The number one spot has a 67 percent no follow external links, and and Clint only has of course three <laughs> percent because. Uh, why would he, as a black hat, why would he be doing <laughs> no follow links? He'd probably be doing two follow links. But it's interesting that the number one spot has 67%. I, I like looking at those two numbers and seeing where there's a big difference. It's like HTML tag matches. Clint has 139, they have 97. What does HTML tag matches mean? That, that means the number of uh, keyword matches that appear anywhere within the HTML tag. So that's your overall keyword stuffing. Right, so that includes title attributes, alt attributes. Yep. And Clint has more, maybe, and the number one spot has less, maybe he should limit it, perhaps. He's a little bit less than the page one average, though. Uh, what, well, page one, oh, I see, page, page one average is 140, oh, I see. Yep. So what's the difference between page one average and result number one? Uh, page one average is across the top 10 results. Oh, of course, right. So he is a little bit less than the page one average, but you do notice that the number one spot has 97 and he has 140. Maybe he should try limiting it to see if that makes anything better. I mean, if you want to make yourself look like somebody, it's the in this tool, it's the people who are above you. And in, in his case, he's ranking number two, so the only one above him is number one. Yeah, I when I look at this data, I see that uh, his competitors have uh, more matches and sentences, uh, better uh, title tag uh, tuning. You know, I, I I hear you on that, but that would probably be one of the last ones I tinker with just in case. Right. You have to factor in common sense and you have to factor in what Google said specifically not to do. That That could be a risk to just kind of ignore them a bit. Yeah, yeah, but if, if you don't know it's harming you uh, and you know you're deficient in other things like your headings and title tuning and stuff like that, you might want to prioritize the ones you know you should fix right? the ones you're 50-50 on. Right. Everyone and their dog knows that, that on-page SEO has always mattered and still matters, and H1 tags and title tags are, are still a direct reflection of that and always have been, and so that's where you'd want to start because it's the safest choice first that has the best uh, best value. Yep, and the other thing I notice is uh, he doesn't have the, the target keyword among his most dense keywords. So, you know, he, he may need to use the term a bit more to be, to be competitive because it, it just appears like that other website has more content about it, more matches about it, and there's more density on the target term about it, so maybe Google thinks it's more relevant for the term. That and could so be, that might be worth experimenting with is tuning that density. Right, right. That's it's, it's very interesting, again, how your software breaks it all down into like 20 different specific on-page things. Yep. 
but we're going to go on it. It's funny. We're talking about Clinton. He hasn't spoken up yet. I wonder if he went to get a beer or something. <laughs> he's not there. <laughs> we're talking about his website, and he's gone. Oh, are you still there, Clint? No, I'm here. I was okay, he's, question. He's taking notes feverishly. <laughs> well, no, this wasn't a result I'm aiming for. As a matter of fact, all the rankings that I'm getting that he's finding are all from uh, – some other tactics that I employed. The actual page originally was optimized for Seattle. Uh, got it up to number five, ran some AdWords to it, stopped the AdWords, and my rankings dropped the same day I stopped the AdWords. So I just left a note for Clint, too, in the Google Hangout. So uh, might be helpful. I guess my big question would be to, to Ted is the new version, are you setting it up so that it automatically makes those red? Or you, did you do all that manually? To make yeah, it and this... This is the uh, the sneak peek of the new version that I'm including in this one. Is this output is automatically generated for you? You don't have to manually do this anymore. Yes. So <laughs> if you put in uh, uh, there's a uh, feature to track uh, domains. So if you put in uh, digitalear.com and into the settings, it'll make that whole column yellow. It'll do the deficit highlighting. And it'll hide everything that ranks below you, and it'll hide all of the factors that didn't correlate strongly. So it creates the small, concise data set. Nice. Okay, so, so anyway, I, I, I delayed you, so please proceed to the next screen. Show us okay. your next screen, sir. All right, so this is the way most people use it. I'm going to show you a different way to use the tool because the output also creates these correlation charts. And what I like to do is look for a related term in different markets. And so for each of these, I would use the near function to say, localize my results as if I were in each city. And so I'm looking at these terms from the context of local in the city and seeing how the factors compare. So we're looking at the AHREF's backlink count. And so in Seattle, it looks like it's about 4,000 on page one. It uh, looks like that peak in, in Tacoma is around 3,000. But then you look at Linwood and Olympia, which are smaller towns. They're not the big cities. And Linwood, you need 10,000 backlinks to be competitive. and similar uh, in that bump on uh, page two for Olympia. So if you were thinking, you know, geez, I'm in a smaller town, I don't, you know, if I'm tuned to be competitive for Seattle, that's good enough. Well, no, you've got Clint in Olympia and he's gonna make you play at a whole different level. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to measure, you know, if, if you, ranked great in Seattle and figured you're going to do it in Linwood with the exact same recipe, well, you're, you're probably not unless you measure. Yeah, that's, again, this is really interesting. So this is a case where Core is really powerful to give you this information, but you, uh, but you have to kind of look at it. But, well, I mean, maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong. Let me just say this. So th this is href backlink count. That doesn't necessarily mean page rank, right? They could have 10,000 really crappy page rank one links. Whereas in Seattle, because you know the Moz is in Seattle, yep. uh, Bing's main offices are in Seattle. There's a lot of you're in Seattle. There's a lot of major SEO knowledge in Seattle. It's like a major SEO hub, right? That's true. And so one of the reasons why they may not have as many backlinks is because a they're getting a lot of juice from social. There's a lot of white hats there 
who talk about doing social, and they're getting a lot of their off-page uh, signals from social as opposed to links. Two, they're might getting juicier links as opposed to you know, PR4 links, PR5 links, as opposed to as opposed to PR1 links. Yeah. You know, it's maybe same thing for Tacoma. Tacoma, as I understand it, is a is a suburb of Seattle. I believe I'm correct there. And there's there's a way to get clues as to what's going on. And uh, and I'll show you. And one of the big clues is that if you start to look at other factors and you see a continuing trend of a difference in the degree of tuning, then it just means that the competitive SEO is different in those markets. So if we look at another factor, for example, sentence matches. So this is looking at the number of those relevant hits. And remember, that's a collection of things that Google think is, thinks is relevant words. If we look at the number of matches and sentences on the page, uh, we can see Seattle, uh, page one, you need 60 on average. Tacoma, you need 40 on average. Uh, but Linwood, you need 80 on average, and Olympia, you need 60. You know, so we're still seeing the degree of competitive tuning in these smaller towns is actually larger than the cities. And this isn't the difference between a good backlink and a bad backlink. These are people tuning the page to different degrees. Yeah, that's that's super fascinating as well. Uh, sorry. They're having a funny conversation in here. Uh, Jason and Clint are talking about some of the SEO secrets on, on Clint's website, which is kind of interesting. But um, so, yeah, I mean, but look at the Olympia SEO services, the one on the bottom right. On page two, so some might think, oh, well, if I stick more keywords into my sentences, that means I'll rank better, right? Well, most of these graphs start to slope up at, 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 at spot number one or page one. But, but you look at Olympia SEO services, uh, on page two, they have 80 uh, uh, keywords per sentence on average. But on page one, they only have 60. So there is a, there is, it doesn't necessarily mean more keywords are better. So you have to kind of be careful with the software and what you're, and what you're watching. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time, uh, people would use these charts because that number two bump is a very common thing. So they would use that as uh, you know evidence of the theory that there's a page two algorithm versus a page one algorithm. So it's like you kind of see page ten going to page two trending the same way, and then all of a sudden the the graph is you know different. The characteristics of the curve are different for page one, and so you know maybe that is, maybe that isn't, but that. That number two uh, peak is a common pattern. Yeah. So the more and more you look at different these different charts, you get a, a bigger, a better picture. Um, so looking at heading tags, so this includes all of the headings, so H1 through H6. Um, you know, we see uh, a similar degree of tunings on this one. And it's interesting that it correlated strongly everywhere except Seattle. So I got a weak correlation in Seattle. Yeah, but still, when you look at the graph, it still trends up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's an opportunity in Seattle to get ahead. 
So when I see stuff like that, then, then I start thinking there might be an opportunity in that market for that factor. But then again, Tacoma and Olympia both, well, no, I have to go back to the last one. Yeah, Tacoma and Olympia for this one, they still, there's way more matches on page two. So they may have over-optimized. Uh, possibly. possibly. You got to look at the average for, for page one and what, what it is. Or, or you got someone who's doing black hat trickery so they don't need to worry about on-page factors because they're gaming some other factor to an extreme. True. You could have a minus two or three from, from over, over uh, for spamming your, your keywords, and, but then have much more page rank pushing you up anyway. You could do it that way. Yep. I, I prefer to have no mistakes or try to have no mistakes or try to have no, nothing, no boat anchors at all and only things that are positively ranking. But yeah, you can start to see though that uh, when you look at the data this way, you compare markets like in your in your local area, you can start to see that the uh, you know the way you'd cost out ranking in those different markets should be different because the degree of tuning in each market is potentially very different. So if we don't look at all headings but just H ones, uh, this is what we get. Um, and again, you know, kind of similar, you know, probably need two matches and H1 tags. They all seem to kind of tell the same story there. And uh, I like it when I see strong correlation in a couple markets and then weak correlation or no correlation in the market that I'm in because that just makes me think that's something that I could, uh, you know, make use of a lot more than the competitors in those markets because it's it's something that they're not competing on. So it might be advantage to compete on that factor in Seattle or in Linwood. But if you go back to that last screen there, Ted, for a second. So yeah, this one I'm here. I mean. So this is where this is where you have to be very careful, and I know we've had this debate many times. This is where you have to be careful about cause correlation, and uh, I, I, you have an interesting philosophy when it comes to correlation, uh, which 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 I, I I do appreciate. But I mean, you know, like for example, on uh, Seattle SEO services, there was no correlation. The average, on average, that the the, the uh, keyword matches and H1 tags were one, which makes sense to me. You shouldn't mention your keyword any more than once. In the in the H1 tag, it doesn't make any sense. But there's well, other there's other industries like Linwood SEO services on the bottom left. They had two. The, on average, the keywords were mentioned twice in your H1 tags, and it was a weak cor weak correlation. So I mean, you you from this you you might not be able to infer that the keyword tag in the H1 gives you a boost. But when we empirically test it outside of correlation in a controlled environment, we do find that that having the keyword in the H1 does give a boost, but from your, your software, you, you wouldn't necessarily, depending on looking at those different niches, you wouldn't necessarily be able to infer that. Yeah, yeah, the, the piece of information that's not on the screen is I look at hundreds of keywords and I see uh, the trends every day on the factors that correlate all the time. And I know this one correlates all the time in most niches and uh, so, I, I have the benefit of knowing that it's a very strong factor right out off the bat. And so when I see 
it's getting no correlation and weak correlation with low match counts. Uh, you know, that's why my brain is saying opportunity. I can be competitive there because I know this is one that tends to, to be important. And so I don't, I don't get spooked when I see no correlation. I, I view that as a clue that something's going on with the competition in this keyword. And so sometimes the right read on it is it's not correlating because people aren't competing on it or they're competing more heavily with other factors, like backlinks, for example. But you're right. Uh, there's there's no guarantee, and you'll likely have to experiment some to, to figure out what is or what isn't. But the depth of information you give and the breadth of information is is it would take at SEO hundreds of hours, thousands of hours to to do to do what you do by in five minutes by your software. Yes. Um, so leading matches in the title tag. Uh, this one I you know. I, I look at all the time because I, I see it correlate quite frequently. So here it correlated very strong for Tacoma and Olympia and didn't correlate in Seattle and Linwood. And so... Now just to be clear, the title tag leading matches is the keyword being as far to the left as possible in the title tag, correct? Correct. And yeah. so I have examples of that. So here's the, the top 20 uh, titles from the Olympia search. So do you see a correlation? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think I see I think I see it repeating a couple times, once yeah. or twice. Yeah, so that that relevant hit being at the start of the title. And so we see that it's nearly twice as competitive in Tacoma and Olympia than it is in Seattle and Linwood. And Seattle and Linwood are huge markets, so it, you know I'd want to double check the the title tags in that market if you know if you're not performing. So, so your software says that that there ha there does not seem to be any correlation with the the keyword being in the left of the title tag for Seattle SEO services. Yeah, that doesn't mean that it's not a ranking factor, though. That's right. Because you have to look at a lot of searches to get a feel for what tends to be a strong factor, and in this case, I'm looking at multiple markets, and I look at I look at correlations every day, so I know that title tag leading matches correlates quite frequently, and so when I see it not correlating in a market, that's that's when I start to think, oh, I have an opportunity with that factor in that market, so. Right. That's where not just running the report once is not going to help you. You have to know the run many reports in many different niches. But let me ask you this, Ted: Do you see uh, like Google typically breaks down for, for again? I'm assuming most of my listeners know this, but I'm just going to explain it very quickly. Google typically breaks down searches into three categories: information-based categories, uh, information slash sales categories, and then just spe specifically navigational sales searches, or or no know and do and do queries. Do you see uh, a correlations in the information that doesn't correlate with, say, the sales, the navigational? Uh, yeah, you know, I see, I see factors changing all the time. Like, I tend to see uh, social signals and e-com queries, but oftentimes not in other kinds of queries. Mm. And so, yeah, the, the type of search can switch things up. 
Interesting. And that's, yeah. that's where an average uh, a million uh, factor measurements, you know, for a million keywords together, uh, because you're, you're basically destroying your data whenever you average across, you know, a large number of, of factor measurements, because you're going across a lot of different keyword contexts. The algorithms are effectively different. Okay. How much more do you have there, Ted? Because I wanted to ask some questions and then wrap up. That's how much. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Perfect timing. Okay. Okay, great. So, I mean, that's the core software. Again, you can run it on any niche you want. If you have someone come to you and they want to, like the, the, anyone new comes to you, you could wow your, you can wow any customers you have or wow if you're thinking of going into a niche, you can very clearly f figure out, clearly, as Jason Clint liked to say in the chat, you can very clearly see if uh, if uh, a, a customer, uh, what correlates for that particular customer. And you've got a lot of the competitive research already done at that point, especially if you factored in the off-page references, the the HREFs and, or the SEMrush. You, you use either one or the one or the other, right, right, Ted? Or both. Yeah, so whatever you have, whoever you have an account with, you don't have to get a different account. You can use both. So again, I, I can't, you know, people who've watched me a long time know that I have, I, I trust five levels of SEO evidence. And definitely there's a reason why Cora is, is very high up on that list is because it's very powerful software that, that uh, correlation tells you a lot of information really quickly. And then you can factor in with a bunch of other information to make some good decisions. So let's go here to the, the final segment, which is answering your questions, which is normally how we try to end off. And I'm going to start at the very top and people who actually uh, mark their questions with three asterisks so I can find it with my old, old nerd glasses here. Uh, SEO Sean asks, hey, Josh, I'm trying to rank for SEO leads, a local term. The main keyword on the page is SEO consultant leads, which is a related long tail term. I'm using SEO leads and anchors. Will this work? The, my answer, and, and, and I, I think Clint might want to chime in on this too, but my answer is no. If you want to rank for SEO leads, then everything, you should be giving Google a consistent signal. You will rank better if you give Google a consistent signal that on page, your, your main keyword is SEO leads. And in your backlinks, they're talking about SEO leads. You don't necessarily want to have that as your anchor text above a certain ratio. I don't like to go over 10%. Again, that's just my rule of thumb. Clint may have different rules there. You would, I would use, I would do a competitive analysis and see what all your competitors have. And if they have like a 1% exact match query in their anchor tags, I might go 2%. I might increase it a little bit, but I would definitely not go over 10%. I, I consistently look at niches now and I see that those people who have like a 25% uh, anchor text uh, exact match query, uh, they're ranking closer to the bottom and people who have less are ranking at the top just from what I'm seeing. I don't know, Clint might have a different opinion there, which is perfectly fine. But I'm sure he would agree that if you want to rank for SEO leads, then then for the most part, you want to make sure that that is your main keyword on page and that is your main keyword in, in the backlink area, either in the sentence that the link is from or the, the, the anchor text as well. Would you agree, Clint, or would you disagree? Yeah, you know, he could play with it. I think Ted just kind of proved to us that, that having that in there is important. So, I, I you know, maybe run a Quora. Ask for one of us to run a core for you for that thing and, the, and see if that correlates. Maybe you don't need it. But my instinct says that it should at least be on the page somewhere. Right. It's and not if, like RankBrain won't choose you to rank for this or that if you have sufficient signals. 
but you want the more consistent signals will, will will hammer the algorithm to make you rank for the more consistent thing. If that if that's how I would explain. It. Right. If you need that one-time report for just a single keyword, I believe Quinn offers a service for that. Well, there you go. Clint could definitely help you out with that. SEO530 Limited asks, it says, hello, beautiful people. Using Google Search Console and Cognitive SEO to hunt and rank backlinks, are there any other tools totally necessary? They used hrefs, but it seemed to have a tiny subset of links. Uh, Clint, what do you think about that? Uh, when I do recoveries, I pull from Search Console, Cognitive's built-in thing, href, Moz. Uh, and pretty much any other place that you can get backlinks from just because you want to make sure you get them all. Exactly. Well, don't forget your uh, your web server logs. Look for the 404s in your web server logs because any backlinks that have traffic will show up there. Definitely, and you definitely want a 301 those as well while you're at it because you're losing that link juice and losing that traffic. Yeah, I would agree totally with, with, with my Black Hat host right there. Uh, if you're doing uh, link audits, you need to use every tool. Uh, link research tools, which I've used many years ago, and I know, Clint, you're a big proponent of link research tools. Mm -hmm. They have a huge database of links as well. They're just really expensive is the problem. Way really expensive. They're super <laughs> expensive, but they do have a huge database, and I'm currently testing their disavow capability. They did give me a free account to test the disavow capability. Awesome. Did they give uh, you so access to the, uh, the other tool? They got link detox and then the, the plus, I think, is, is the yeah. other one. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to be helping me with the link detox and our test site that that Clint plowed into number one spot. <laughs> it was supposed to negative SEO it, and he managed to rank it. But the site, the others, this, the sister pages fluctuate on and off, and so it's it's both a win and a loss at the same time. It's not it's not like he tanked the site entirely. But so we're going to see what happens when we disavow those links. I've disavowed as many as I could. So I'm going through the same thing you are SEO five thirty. I you know I used Ahrefs, I used Google, I used Search Console, I used Moz. And I found, you know, uh, you know, eight thousand domains really. And I disavowed all those domains, but but I made the sister pages come back intermittently, but I didn't make them come back totally. So I uh, see when I do this link detox from uh, from uh, from link research tools, uh, uh, we'll see what happens there, and we'll see if that's the best uh, best one to do for for uh, for disavows. Okay, let's see if I can find. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Gabriel asks, can you look at my website, ribosomething.com? I try to rank globally for medical animation studio and science animation studio. Hey, Ted, can we really quickly do medical animation studio in, in Cora just to see what it comes up with for this guy? Um, yeah, let me see if I can fire that up. So we'll do, we'll do Josh versus Cora. So I will do a search <laughs> for medical animation studio. Uh, in Google.com, I'm guessing we'll do Google.com because he, he wasn't specific as to what which one. That was Medical Animation Studio. Yeah, I'll paste it in the chat here for you. So we're searching the exact same thing, but so I will check now. If I check with SerpWorks, this is what I find. This is how I would do my quick, quick, quick competitive analysis. This is not, of course, everything I would do for a, an SEO audit. This is just the start. But when I check here in uh, in SerpWorks. I see, okay, I look at pay, PA. PA is the closest metric I think I have access to that is like page rank. So if I want to look to see what we got here, we got 40, 57, 37, 41, 34, 40. So you need to have a PA of around 50 to try and rank on this page. Your referring domains, see, 
you don't even need because referring domains it, it matters the page rank is what matters and the trust flow is important as well the trust flow seems you need to have around 30 to be here really if you want to be here so quite frankly uh and if i check some other stuff here i'm seeing different sites show up and what was his site again his site was this is a pa1 da3 yeah, right. is he ranking here yet? No, eh? No. No, he's not even close yet. So, I mean, in terms of backlinks, that's what you would need. Of course, backlinks are still a signal. You'll notice nobody has it in their anchor cloud. I see that quite often, that people are really afraid of putting their keyword in there. You could put it in there for 1% or 2%, and that would definitely help you. But you definitely you don't want to go higher than – you don't want to go super crazy on the anchor cloud for that. Uh, the keyword density for this is zero again. So put Medical Animation Studio on your site if you want to rank here. No one ranking on page one has got that as the major term, as the specific term. So that's what I would say. You know, we're just looking at it for five seconds. Again, if I looked at it for longer, I might see bigger problems, and I might say, "Hey, okay, you need to do this. You need to do that." A five-second look is only good as a five-second look. But that is very quickly what I'm seeing here. Uh, in terms of keywords, these guys are ranking 200 to 5,000 keywords for these guys. So this is a very big site here. They're getting 2,000 searches. They're getting 2,000 a month, roughly. But even they haven't optimized their H1 tags. They haven't optimized any of the on-page stuff for this. They have some good social going on, 700 likes, shares, and Facebook. Oh, these all, all these guys have good Facebook going on. So you'll need some social as well to compete with these guys, or you'll have to have even better uh, PA and uh, even better PA and even better uh, trust flow from Majestic. Uh, Clint, correct me if I'm wrong, but trust flow from Majestic is a measure of the click-through on those links, correct? Uh, they redid it when they took out when they cleaned out their their um, they cleaned out the thing. And remember when everyone's trust flow kind of dropped for a while? Yeah. But honestly, I have no idea what how they're gauging that anymore. I don't I don't really use it. I use the topical trust flow to make sure I'm kind of on point. Um, but I use I kind of rely more on Ahrefs myself. On yeah, on the uh, so more page rank approximates. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure I read on their site somewhere that trust flow is a guesstimate as to the amount of clicks that get through that link. Which, if it is, I would say that's definitely a metric you want to look at. As our friends from NFG SEO like to say, uh, the, it's the three Ts, uh, or whatever they say. <laughs> I can't remember what they say now. But they do say something about trust, topic, and uh, something else. But it's, it's the clicks through your link, and make sure that the backlinks you're getting are related to your, your exact subject. And the, and the higher PA, the better. And if it's a high DA site, but the PA is low, that's fine, because some of that DA is going to flow through the PA. If this site in question, for example, has a good internal link structure, then they're going to flow their, their page rank from the index page to their subpage. And that's exactly how that works, folks. PA is just an approximate for page, for page rank. And page rank, Google doesn't tell us anymore, but they do use. It's interesting. This is a $6. If, in Canadian, this is a $6.66. It's the money of the devil. <laughs> it's a $6.66 uh, keyword, so that's pretty good. So that's what I would see very quickly for my uh, stuff. But 
Tad, let's see. What did you find? Is this what you found in Cora? Uh, one second. It's uh, just finishing now. It's still processing. Fantastic. All right, so here we go. So if I very quickly look here at what their soft, what their uh, site is, another thing I like to do is just check your entity. I'll just search the the name of the site. What's and I'll see the, if I see any bad. Uh, what's the I, domain? It's uh, this one here. Rivosumstudio.com. So it's this first one that comes up. I don't like the fact that Google has canonical this index.php slash English. You better have, on this site, you better have your hreflang set up correctly. Otherwise, you're going to have pretty big ranking problems. Uh, how is that domain spelled again? Sorry. So do you see it here on my screen here? Uh, no, actually, I'm looking at a spreadsheet. Can you oh, not a problem. Here, I'll put it in the chat. Oh, I don't have chat open. I've got a single. Oh, okay, it's R-I-B-O. R-I-B-O, okay. Thumb Studio. R-I-B-O sum studio. There it is. Okay, so they're 29. That's not horrible for as new as it is. True. It's not too bad. Cora finds it immediately. There we go. So I don't, and, and anyway, the point I was trying to make here just before Ted starts talking is I don't see, I see you have a Google Plus. That's great. I see you have a Facebook, good, but you need definitely more than 22 likes and eight people talking about it. Um, that's on mobile, 24, one people, that's, that's not great. Uh, Instagram, 682 following, that's good. So you have some social juice. I can see that just from doing a simple search here. And I don't see anyone complaining about you, so that's fantastic. I could even do reviews to see if I can find people complaining about you, and you definitely would want to uh, deal with that if you found it. And it looks like this is your entity here. Google knows about you. That's even fantastic as well. This is all stuff you can quickly check if you just know how to check it. And again, uh, Clint already mentioned this, but if I check your entity, if I want to see info, is this? Okay, no. So this is your canonical as far as Google is concerned. If you do info colon, Google will tell you what your canonical URL is. So that's fantastic. But I don't like the fact that when I searched this, it gave me this page. When I do info, it gives me this. It should be the same. They are definitely having trouble understanding your entity, uh, your canonical in that regard. And if I use SERPWorks to quickly get information about you, just as just as uh, uh, Clint told us, your PA is is quite low, too low to compete on that SERP you want to you want to compete on. Don't have enough links yet. Uh, you you might have have a bit too much uh, optimization in your tags. Maybe maybe not. Uh, I'll, I'll, I retract that statement. You, you could, it could be fine. It could be fine, but you don't have any trust flow. You definitely need links that have better PA and that people are actually going to click. So you might have to buy some. Uh, I, sometimes I don't know. Clint disagrees with me on this, and that's perfectly fine because he's he's his own man. He can do whatever he wants. But but uh, it's perfectly fine because uh, uh, he's a smart SEO. He can disagree. But but uh, I, I I sometimes like spending money on like two hundred or three hundred dollar links as opposed to buying a whole bunch of links because I know that they're higher quality and they're going to, as long as, my point is, as long as I know they're going to get clicks, click-throughs. If they don't get click-throughs, then that, that that's what you're paying, be paying the money for, actual traffic through that backlink. So, Ted, uh, do you have anything you want to show us from Cora on this? Well, it, it looks like Ahrefs doesn't have uh, data yet on your website. 
Um, but I would wager that you're probably not competitive in terms of the number or quality of your backlinks. It looks like you can do a little bit of a better job with the on-page tuning. Um, you know, I'd focus on your, your headings, your title, your overall match counts. But, uh, can you yeah. see something that I wasn't able to see in my five-second check? I'm sure Cora has information on something else. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 at a glance, you know, it, it looks like you need a bit more content and tuning and, hmm. uh, you know, probably more backlinks. You know, I'd have to look a bit deeper. But, you know, we can send you this file if, if you like to. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. That's, thanks, Ted. That's fantastic. Yeah, just... Uh, uh, send your uh, email to Josh, and I'll send Josh the file to pass along. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Erock is Erock, the winner of our conference from a few months ago. Erock was the winner of the White Hat versus Black Hat conference. He was a Black Hat, so the Black Hat currently holds holds the title right now. Just so you know, and uh, he won five thousand dollars for for winning the conference. Uh, it was a great conference. For those of you guys who didn't go, if you want information about it, email us, and we'll see what we can tell you. But Erock, he's in the chat here. He could have joined us. Erock, you're welcome to join us anytime you want. And he says he wants to buy a ticket for the conference in 2018. Where can I buy? That's his. That's his. His cute way of saying, Josh, get off your ass and make the <laughs> make the website for next year. <laughs> you're right. You're right, Eric. I'm sorry. I'm just too busy. He's right. I should make the website for next year. I have a stack of testimonials of people who enjoy the conference about this high. I need to put all that on the website. I need to push put up there that Clint, uh, that uh, Eric won. And uh, and that he's the black hat currently holds the title for the best SEO for this year. Maybe next year white hat can win the title. Who knows? Uh, and uh, I just we just haven't decided what city we want to have it in. If you guys have an opinion, email me. Say so in the chat. Uh, I would like to hold it in Victoria again because I live here and I'm lazy. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, and it's closer for Clint and uh, for for Ted to get here because they just live essentially across the pond. But uh, Holly, my my partner for this was hoping to have it somewhere closer to her next year in the Chicago area. So maybe we'll do that. So you guys let us know. I, I have no problem alternating every year, or maybe we'll have it in Victoria every year. I don't know. Everyone loved Victoria this year because uh, we had good weather. It was nice and sunny. So it was, that was fantastic. So you guys will have to let me know. Oh, somebody voted for Chicago. Oh, darn. <laughs> I really wanted to have it in Victoria because I'm lazy. But six, uh, Chicago is about a six-hour flight for me. But then again, it, you guys have to fly over, over here. So it's fair if we alternate. So that's fine. So anyway. So that's White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show for this year. Thanks uh, for this year, for, for today. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys, for, for, for listening. Uh, 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 Ted, uh, Clint, do you guys have, Chase, do you guys have any final thoughts that we can, that we can say? Uh, you know, measure everything. Measure twice, cut once. <laughs> there you go. Measure, tw measure twice, cut once. If it works for carpentry, it'll work for SEO. Thanks very much, guys. So that has been uh, White Hat versus Black Hat today. Uh, if you guys want to say bye or any parting messages, if you have any uh, SEO questions you want to know about, by all means, you can email myself. You can email everybody. I'll give out my contact information first. It's joshbashinsky at gmail.com. You can follow. You can watch more videos like this at youtube.com slash jbashins, J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S where I give out secrets, leaks, experiments, trip, top tricks, debates between white hats and black hats on what's better. And you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Josh Pashinsky. Uh, you guys want to give out any more information? 
SEOtoollab.com. There's a contact form if you have any questions. Happy to answer questions. Sure. And if you're interested in Cora, I did put the link in the description below, and I did put it in the chat as well. And I believe there's still a discount on that. So get it while it's hot. Clint, please give us your contact info. Um, I was all over the all over the webinar, so if you're paying attention, he's on my site everywhere. There you go. Jillier.com. <laughs> you know he can rank because he's ranking number two. And, and we 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 talked for ten minutes about how he could get to number one, but he already knows. He already knows. And Chase, finally, how you doing, brother? What what do you want to say? I'm good, man. I, if you want to find out more about me, you can just Google my name, Chase Renner. There you go. You use use the Google. And you'll find out all the good stuff about Chase. So thanks a lot, guys, for joining. And thanks for watching. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.